This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed me on Instagram or Twitter, make sure to follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you want to be on the show, you could DM me there. I'm always looking for people to call into the show. It's called Strictly Anonymous because everybody remains anonymous on my show. I change everybody's voices. Everybody's names are changed. (laughs) I just want you to tell me your true story. You could call me from a fake number. If you want to be on the show, you could send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. You could DM me on Instagram or Twitter. It's at Strict Anonymous. Or you could call my confessions line, 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. You could even use that number to uh, book a plane ticket because I did get some texts on my on my, <laughs> on my phone today about a flight out from <laughs> from LaGuardia to uh, where was it fucking Buffalo I mean like if it was someplace good maybe I would have like tried to like scam that ticket and make it really mine but somebody used my phone as their ticket confirmation number my phone got the tax. Uh, the flight was on time, by the way, which was a good thing. <laughs> so you could use that fucking number for anything. I don't give a shit because I don't really use it. It's just my work phone. It's just to take these confessions. Okay, so you could call it whenever you want. 
888-253-3579. Now, listen, I first had up on my Fetish Fridays. This is Fetish Fridays today, okay? I first had up like a, an episode about abduction. I don't know. This guy had, it, to me, it was like kind of funny. And because I really talked to him through his whole fetish and I found out where it came from and how he likes to do it and because it was like a kidnap thing, it was not hardcore at all. But so many people were like commenting like this is hardcore. That's kind of like fucked up that I was like started Googling just to see if this was like a, a bad thing. And it's not it, it's not if like you would have listened to him. I mean, Emmett was like a good guy that like played kidnap things with his little cousins when he was little. And then he just liked to do it. But he didn't like to do it like all the way through sex. Like, I mean, he just did it in the beginning of it, but when he actually had sex with the girl, he wanted her to be awake and enjoying it and all that stuff. It wasn't like he was into dead corpses. It wasn't dark or anything. But when I did go Googling, because people were responding, I found like an article in Rolling Stone magazine. And what they were saying kind of is that, not that the, what they were saying kind of that, like, you know, it is consensual kind of a thing, but sometimes the problem is that, you know, People do it consensually, right? Like Emmett's a good guy, normal, he's fine. I talked to him. If you heard his episode, he was it's cool, he's fine. You know, it was all light, no darkness there. But that kind of information in the wrong person's hand, right? Emmett telling his story, somebody that isn't light and is dark hears that and maybe takes it in the wrong way. And that is what's wrong with it. And when I read that and thought of that, I was like, you know what? That's probably not cool and I should take it down. I mean, that's when I start to feel not right about something, I just follow my gut instincts. So I took it down and I am replacing that episode with one of my favorite episodes that I already taped. I had aired it exclusively on my Patreon. I always meant, I told my Patreon members, I always meant to air it here because it's fucking great. It's uh, my episode with Cody. Cody has a fetish for bras and panties. He has he has like the hugest stash of bra and panties that I've ever seen. Like more bras and panties that I've had in my whole life. This guy has. Okay, and I have pictures of it over on my Patreon if you want to see those. It's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The links to everything is in my description. But um what I loved about this episode, we get all like the backstory, right? You're gonna find out how he got into bras and panties and how that turned into him like cross-dressing and where he got his stash from and you know what who he used to steal from when he was little you know and who and what happened when he told his wife and how it affected their relationship but a lot of what we talked about in this podcast too that I thought was really great was like how he feels about his fetish and the conflict that it brings up uh, in him, he, you know, he has issues around his fetish and he doesn't sometimes feel right about it. Sometimes he has a large stash and then he purges and then he gets more. And I mean, he's, he's a little conflicted and we talk about that a lot. And it's just a really great episode that has so many different levels or layers, right? <laughs> layers, but it's super interesting. And that's why I'm giving it to you guys now. You know, sorry that I took away the other episode. This one's great, though. Cody's great. You're going to love this episode. Even if you don't have a bra or panty fetish, you have any fetish. Anybody with any kind of fetish is going to be able to relate to Cody's story. So anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Cody. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. 
Hi, Cody. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you this morning today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. So, Cody, I've talked to guys before that had a bra and panty fetish, but not for a long time. <laughs> and I haven't talked to you. And what I find, you know, I could talk to 50 guys with a, what the same fetish and everybody has a different story. There's a lot of similarities in a lot of the stories, but everyone is unique. You know, that's why I'm always open to talking to another person, even though I've talked to other panty bra fetish people. But um, so that you have a bra and panty fetish. Like, when did you find, figure this out? Like, when was your first memory that you were into this kind of thing? Um, I'd say my first memory is probably back when I was like, I mean, I have like one memory back when I was like really young, like five, but probably like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'd see like a Victoria's Secret magazine or something and there's like that curiosity or that, you know, that thing that kind of sparks in you. And I, uh, like I just saw, like I'd, my stepmom when I was really young, I just said like, found a bra of hers or something and snuck behind this chair and like was feeling it and kind of like just getting to know it, I guess, what or what have you. And um, just kind of progressed from there. And then I like tried it on and you get that feeling of just like adrenaline and just excitement. And it kind of just started there. Yeah, now is that confusing to you? Because I, because like you probably can't make sense of it, right? Because I mean, you probably see a lot of things around your house. And why does that bra stand out to you? Is it was it the color? Was it the texture? Do you remember? Like, do you know why you were so attracted to it? Um, I, I suppose it was just the fact that it's kind of uh, you know, like this undergarment, and it's it is so soft and silky and lacy and you know, it's kind of, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call it forbidden, but it's, you know, it's just something so different than what I was used to. And it was just exciting. And I was so young yeah. and I didn't really understand it. And I didn't necessarily like understand what I thought about it back then, but it just kind of like, I guess, turned into what it is today. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, how did that happen? So what happens after that first experience? I assume at some point you put, you realize that you're sexually turned on by it. And at another point, I don't know whether you wear yourself or whether you just like to see them on women. Like, just tell your story. Um, yeah, no, I I definitely, I, I like to wear them. Brows and panties for sure. And kind of anything feminine, girl clothes, dresses, skirts, I mean, high heels, whatever. And I, I, it just kind of like started there and get hooked on that feeling, I suppose. And, and then it kind of just snowballs. And then, you know, I, I liked it the first time and then the second time and then the third time. And but what was that just, first time? What was the first time that you saw that bra or that panty and you said, Hmm, I'm going to just put this on. Um, that's a really good question. It was a long time ago and, um, I don't remember exactly, but it was just kind of like, I just kind of remember a few memories of being really young and seeing that and just getting, you know, excited or interested in it. 
and then it just no but I mean no but you just keep saying you're seeing it but when do you actually put it on I know that you're seeing it and you you're you're feeling it and everything but like when do you decide to take it in your room and try it on and look in the mirror Um, I was like I said I was probably about eight when I discovered them and then I wanted to put it on and I put it on I remember the feeling when I did for the first time it was just so amazing Mm -hmm. you're not even a sexual being I don't think at eight so you don't really connected that way but you it did feel like nothing else felt on you I would assume yeah no definitely and I was just I don't know it just was really exciting and fun and I I guess I didn't I didn't know better but um I, I do have some memories of I had some um neighbors they were twins they lived down the road and I remember my sister was in dance class when I was really young and she had like the leotard with a little tutu on it. Mm-hmm. And I remember like trying that on and I don't know why, but my neighbors were there and we were like really young and they thought it was funny and cool. And I did it. And just the excitement of being, you know, with them and trying that on. And there's all like the sequence and the pink and the tutu and it just, like I, I just grew into something that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But why bra and panty? It's interesting to me because I get a lot of I've I talked to a lot of crossdressers. I still have like ten crossdresser episodes in the bag because I can't just have a crossdressing channel. But I I do think I'm going to make a separate Patreon tier just for crossdressers because I have so many emailing me that want to be on this the show. And what I do find is that whether I'm talking to a pantyhose guy or look, I'm talking to you, bra and panties, I'm like, oh, that's great. Let me have that on as a fetish. But it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, sounds like you also cross-dress a little bit too, that it, a lot of times these other fetishes, you know, a lot of guys that are into pantyhose are also, they they do eventually start to cross-dress. Sometimes, not always, right? And like, here you are, bras and panties are your thing, but you know, it's kind of like everything feminine. It's like, are those fetishes maybe like the gateway drug into, you know, cross-dressing or the start of it? You know, I don't know. I mean, that that's a really good question. And I like, I'm definitely not an expert by any means, but I know my experience has definitely kind of just rolled, like I said earlier, snowballed and just kept growing and growing. And as I got older and I did start, you know, becoming sexual and it just I just never lost that it was always that excitement I always had that feeling and um you know just kept growing and I just like collected more stuff and just experimented more and just had fun with it and I've like I've purged a couple times like a long time ago and then decided at some point that you know fuck it it's me I'm just gonna do what I want to do and just kind of rolled with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, where were you getting your big stash from it when early on, were you like stealing it from like your, your mom, your stepmom? Yeah, there was a little bit of stepmom, um, sister, step cousin, um, just kind of wherever I could. Right. And um, bras and panties, is that your main thing? Um, no, it's, it's kind of just 
cross-dressing in general but yeah so wait a second so you started stealing that you've purged sometimes and been like oh my god i, I just i don't want to have this fetish i mean do is there do you still have a little confliction with this fetish um yeah i, I definitely do it sometimes um but i've kind of just accepted what i like who i am um and i suppose you just at some point just admit like that's what I like. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna fight it. I'm not gonna push back. I just, you know, embrace it and try to, you know, be you and be happy with it. Yeah. And what you resist persists is a very true thing, you know? So if you have that in you and then you're trying to avoid it, it's just going to be worse, right? (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. So when you have, so let me ask you this, because you sound young. How old are you now? I'm, Excuse me, I'm 31. So you're 31. Are you in a relationship? Have you been in any long-term relationships? And if you have, and if you are, are you open about your fetish to the people you date or married to or whatever? This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Yeah, no, I, I was. Um, I had been in a few relationships in high school, nothing serious. Um, and then I had met my wife. We'd been together for, I don't know, 10 years and then got divorced, but I, I did kind of, I mean, we were married for, I don't know, two, probably two years, two and a half years before I kind of opened up about stuff, which looking back, I know that was definitely not the way to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, like I, I should have been more open and honest in the beginning, but um, I guess those feelings for her had kind of taken over and um, you didn't want to ruin it. I think, I think, it's hard to put that out there in the beginning, though that is, you know, in a perfect world, that is the best time to do it Then way later. But a lot of people don't. That's a fact. So what made you do it two years in? Because that's kind of ballsy. I mean, did you feel like you couldn't hide it anymore? Did she find something and catch you doing something? Let, let me like kind of jump back a little bit. Yeah. Um, my My family has always been like very religious and... Uh, my dad is extremely religious and very judgmental and mm-hmm. pretty harsh. Um, so I've, I've, I don't want to say I've necessarily de- um, suppressed those feelings, mm-hmm. but it, it definitely like I'm a little more reserved when it comes to it. And yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know, like you're with somebody for so long, you just get comfortable enough and it kind of finally comes out. And she was definitely the kind of girl that didn't enjoy it. Like she tried, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, she was open-minded, but I, I think ultimately she didn't like it. She wanted the man's man, and you know, you, you kind of let that cat out of the bag. Then sometimes it bites you, and I think it did in my relationship. And it wasn't just that; there were some other things that led to a divorce. But I think that was part of it. 
that she I don't think she'd ever admit it, but it was definitely, you know, I'm sure it had something to do with it. Right. And listen, if it didn't work for her, it's not going to work for you because as much as she can't accept it for herself, why would you want to be with someone that you can't be totally yourself with either? So it's, you know, it's better for both of you to find other people. Well, and that's like the, like, that's where I'm conflicted because, Mm -hmm. you know, I like, how do you define normal? But at the same time, like, do you like, like I, I'm a, I'm, I am a really hard, like critic on myself. Like I'm yeah. really hard on myself. Mm-hmm. I question myself all the time. Mm-hmm. I try to be the best person I can. So then I have this thing that I definitely at this point, especially listening to your show, I wouldn't consider not normal, but it's definitely not the, it's not the normal, but it's not like, it's not like some crazy thing. And I'm sure there's like so many men out there that are into it and they enjoy it, but they're not coming out every day and talking about it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I added a Fetish Fridays on because I like talking about these things. I think it's important to get it out there, you know, not just for the people who call it because they always find it very cathartic to talk about their stuff, but also for people that are Googling and looking to, to see, you know, I get hundreds of emails a week, if not more. Uh, to telling me from listeners, you know, saying like, thank you so much for putting out that episode. Like I could really relate to that person, you know, so it's important because yeah, it's not the norm, but it exists and it's happening. Okay. And it could be the person sitting next to you. It could be your partner. It could be your father. It could be your neighbor. You know, these are real people, you know, this is what's going fucking down. Yeah. And like, I'm, you know, I, I think there's people in my life that would literally have no idea. Of course. Like, that's the whole point. I mean, that's right. That's what I, a lot of times I ask, like the guy that's like, you know, having a secret bisexual life, like would anybody in your life, like how would they react if they found out? And so he's like, a lot of times it's like, they would be totally shocked. Cause it's like the construction worker. That's like really beefy, manly, manly man guy. You know, we <laughs> yeah, all have ideas in our mind of who these people are that are doing these things. And like I said, that's what my show is all about. It's kind of like, this is who they are. They're regular people. They're not like this. There's not this like, like Island where these quote unquote perverts or weirdos, whatever you want to fucking call people that do something that maybe you don't want to talk about. You know, they're just walking around like everybody else and they're regular people and it's not all of who they are. You know, they have regular jobs, they have kids, they have marriages, but they also have a, you know, a sexual life where they sometimes do crazy things, not so crazy things, whatever. Um, But it's all, it's not a lot of times, like I said, I think, it's never who you think it is or people are always surprised because I think people live in a box when it comes to that. They think the guy that's like sucking dick behind his wife wife's back is very effeminate, you know, or the guy that's wearing women's clothes is very effeminate. So if you're like a masculine guy, but you like to be feminine, you know, once a week and it turns you on, no one would ever know that. No, I, I completely agree. And I think, uh, you know, in America, it's really easy to like, put people in a box and yeah. say oh well you know you've got a, a manly job and you're you know got a manly build and mm-hmm. like it's really easy to be like oh no like it's not acceptable for you to act this way or be this way 
but then that person who judges me is going to go home and do some freaky like anal <laughs> shit. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like everybody's got their thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like like if if somebody can learn to just deal with it, like accept that they are who they are. Like you're yeah. allowed to be what you want to be. You can share it with who you want to share it with. But at the end of the day, like it doesn't fucking matter because everybody's weird. Everybody's got their thing. Yeah, and it's not, I think what happens is people think like, oh, he does that, so that's like all of him. Like, you know, everyone is made up of many different things. We're like a, a concoction, you know? It's like a, a you're, it's just a piece of the pie, you know? And it's a small piece. Now, listen, I get it. Intimacy and sex and a relationship, especially a long-term, is very important. So if there is a major disconnect, like some guy wants to pee all over his girl all the time and that's the only way she can, he could get off and she doesn't want to, that's gonna work you know but maybe sometimes it's like everything else is there and all the other pieces of the pie are there and it all works and there's a small thing where you like to wear you know your guy or your girl likes to do something that maybe you're not into why not throw him a bone if you can I mean like I said sometimes that's not the case not like as much as we have to say you know, people should accept what you do. They could also not accept it. And that's cool too. Everyone has their own choice, right? But I think it's really good. And that's why it's good to put it out there in the beginning because you kind of weed out those people that just couldn't get past it. You know, I think the world is changing. You're lucky you're 30, you're 31 and not 51 because you'd be, you know, you'd be talking to me and you'd still be married to that girl and she still wouldn't know. And, you know, it would be a, it would be a lot worse for you. You know, here you are divorced. You're still super young. You know, you could meet, are you dating someone now? No, I'm not. Um, I just like I had a relationship a couple like back in October and it just didn't really work out. And it wasn't for that reason. Yeah. Because like I said, I'm, I don't think I'm at that point where I want to open up first thing, but it's kind of like, you don't I'm need to like open it up. out. Yeah. You don't need to open up first thing. I don't think that that's something that you just totally put on the table on the second or third date. No way. You know? And I've, I've heard shows of yours in the past where they're like, oh, first date. Like, I'm hammering down. Like, this is what I like. And I, like, yeah. respect those guys so much because yeah. that yeah. takes a fucking set. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that I get to that point. And I'm kind of, like, I'm conflicted because I really do enjoy it. And it's not like I necessarily totally fully understand, like, why. But I know that I like it. And, like... Like you said, if you check all those boxes and you meet the perfect girl, but this is the one thing that you don't, you know, agree on, is it something that you give up or is it something like, you know, choose your battles? Is that the hill you're going to die on or are you just going to like, okay. I think that that's I personally haven't met that girl yet. And I think that 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 will be a that's a that's going to be a mutual thing. You know, first of all, I don't think you'll be able like you have said, you've tried yourself to, you know, deny your urges in this fetish and you can't. So that's not an option. So, you know what? So then what happens next? It's like a matter of whether that right girl that checks all the other boxes, how she feels about it. Does she say, you know what? I'm not into this, but 
you know what? You're great and everything's really, everything else is really great. So do that shit on your own or like, you know, when I go away or when I'm out with the girls, you know, there's a lot of time, you know, it would be a compromise. There's always, there's a lot of things in between someone totally not being into it and someone totally being fucking down with it, you know? And, you know, each relationship you have will, you're just going to have to see where it goes or how it goes. But I definitely believe that how, you feel about your fetish a lot of times, you know, will determines kind of what shows up in your life. I had a great episode, only 15 minutes of it was aired on my Patreon page, but it was uh, because it was a pantyhose guy. The rest of it was on my uh, Patreon, but it was about a guy and we talked a lot about his first experience of losing a girl because of his pantyhose fetish and because he copped to it and he was very open about it. And to this day, so many years later, he's way older. He still always attracts women that plays that story out. And I had a whole conversation with him because I, I felt like it was more his relationship to it and his shame that he felt. And that so he just kept meeting people that would just mirror back where he was at in his life, you know? And I think a lot of times, so I, I do think it's important for you because you're still super young to, while you're out there looking for a girl and doing all that things, like really try to get as clear as you can and as, as accepting as you can of that part of yourself. And you're then you will most likely be more aligned to meet and that person or that person's going to show up that's going to feel the same way. And like I said, maybe they won't want to do it with you. That's okay, you know, because you could jerk off and do it. I mean, there's like a lot of things you could compromise with, but I, I definitely think you it, it it while you're waiting, the best thing you could always do is get really clear on who you are and what you're about. And if there's any shame or any kind of negative feelings about your fetish, try to work through that as much as possible. Yeah, I totally understand that. And like, it's it's like it's hard because you know. Like, I, I'm a pretty laid back guy, but I do have, you know, certain tastes, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, like, to find the perfect person for me that does like that mm-hmm. and they're fine with it and I'm attracted to them and we have good chemistry, it's kind of like a unicorn. Like, you, they just don't pop up every day. No, right. So, and it's not like it's not totally fun to be completely alone the rest of your life with like this secret that you feel like you can't share and it just you know it's it's definitely uh an interesting thing in life and you you just learn you have to learn how to navigate it like you said like figure out and you know be honest and you hope that person comes along but it's there's like no guarantee no but i think that you know If you look at it like there's no other option and you really believe that it it can happen for you, it will. You know, listen, if you listen to my show, there's many people and guys with worst fetishes that they've put on the table that their girl knows about and and they're okay with it and they're fine, you know? So it exists, you know? No, totally. And I I know there's like... Like I said earlier, there's definitely people that, you know, everybody's got their thing. Yeah. And like everybody's, you know, everybody's kind of got that, that freaky side of them. And 
I, I guess there's some people that don't, but there's a lot of people that do, and they're just not willing to admit it. Like something yeah. like me, where I just I'm not super open about it. But there's there's totally a lot of people out there. I'm not the only one. But you know, just kind of if the stars align and you find that person, then that's like you know the dream come true. Like that's how you be happy in life. And yeah, and you just got to figure out how to find that, and it's not super easy to just you know stumble upon it or you know i how do you meet somebody out at like a bar or you know through friends or this or that and you just kind of casually bring it up and they're like oh i'm totally into that what's your age range like i really feel like these young people nowadays i mean do you date 23 year olds because you should because these younger girls are so fucking open and down i mean you have like all celebrities in your age range you know that are social influencers that are men wearing skirts and nail polish so i i do feel like the younger generation is more open to things that you know make sure to date younger not older i don't know if you know (laughs) because they're just i i feel like it's like i said you're lucky at your age um you know, because you're dealing with a different society and people are, uh, you know, definitely affected by what they see in social media and out there and stuff. And I just think it's people are more open. So you got that going for you. You know, and I, and I totally agree. And I, I'd say probably my age range is 25 to 35 because like 20 to 25, like most people don't really know who they are. Yeah, and- they're amoebas, I always say. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, I'm kind of at the point where I do want to find somebody that I can be happy with and something more serious. And I'm, I don't necessarily think 25 is the right age, but there's an exception for every rule. And I yeah. think that, you know, you might find somebody at 25 totally. and you might find somebody at 35. But like, you know, like you said, and I've heard you say it in podcasts before, but like, you know, um, you know, you go much older, you're right. And like I said, there is an exception for every role. Yeah. I think as a general rule of thumb, you find somebody's older, they're kind of a little more closed minded because the world has changed a lot and the way their parents raised them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I feel like my dad's kind of old school too. So I was kind of raised in that, but you know, I, I think there is those influences and, you know, you, we're not so much influenced. Yeah, we're not so much influenced. Like we're influenced by our parents with certain things, but I feel like all that other stuff is very influenced by what's going on in magazines and TV, and now it's social media. You know, you don't realize how much all of that stuff is really penetrating your subconscious and creating who you are and what you like and what you accept and what you don't. You know, so you have that going for you. That right girl is out there for you. I, like I said, the best thing you could do while you're waiting for that is just you know get very comfortable with your fetish. Now, let me ask you this, because we got a little bit off track of like your story. Now, is it something where, do you wear it underneath your clothes when you go to work? Or is it just something that you use when you're like at home and want to have fun? I mean, how far, how hardcore are you with that bra and panty fetish? Yeah, definitely both. Um, I like, it's kind of turned into something that, you know, was sexual and it can be a lot, but sometimes I just want to, you know, throw on a, you know, a pair of panties and throw on a pair of basketball shorts and just lounge around, you know, like they're just really comfortable. Um, but it's, it's also has to deal with a lot of like, 
just that fascination and the fact that I like them and um yeah, you know, I, I think that plays a lot into it. If that makes sense, it's mm-hmm. not just you know that I like to wear them. It's it's kind of you know full circle. You just you join them all around, right? So it is not just sexual either. I mean, you all do you like it for the comfort? The, is that what you're saying? I don't. I I just want to be clear. Yeah, no, I I do like it for the comfort. They are really comfy. Yeah, and you know. I would like full disclosure. I'm I'm super jealous of women. They got really comfy clothes, and <laughs> you guys have like all these panties in different colors and styles and this and that. And, yeah, you know dresses and like patterns and what have you. And the men are kind of just put in this box of like, yeah, you got jeans, shoes, boots, t-shirts, and boxers. Like that's what you get. Yeah. So, fucking deal with it like yeah well the, the, you know i'm a mom to a son it's like less fun to go out shopping for his clothes you know i lo- so always see all the little girl clothes that i'm jealous i'm like oh my god i would love to buy this and that and it's so blingy looking like little girl stuff you know but i don't get to shop like that so it's i i totally understand what you mean you're like you're seeing things that way too like it's kind of like boring you're 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 visually attracted as well to that to the look of girl stuff and all that, the variety. Absolutely. And like, I, I totally going to go on a limb here, but my mom hasn't been around in my life really a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I, I don't know if like kind of subconsciously or what have you mm-hmm. in the back of my brain, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm attracted to kind of more feminine stuff because I'm trying to like replace something in my life that, hasn't been around oh yeah i love like going to places like that i think that that's super interesting so yeah you mentioned that you had a stepmom now is your mom alive and she just wasn't like okay and does she not live close by or did you not like i mean when did she leave your life um she's you know been in my life like like she's been around we live in the same town she Mm -hmm. lives probably a solid 30 minutes away from me. She works probably 10 minutes away from me, but she's just, I don't know. She's just never really had an interest. And wow. I, I don't know why, but she doesn't communicate. Like she just doesn't really want to like, if people want to be in your life, they'll be in your life. If they don't, it's pretty obvious. So like some point you just need to cut ties and move the fuck on. But like, I think I, and I've thought about my whole, like fetish and everything and and maybe that's a hole that I'm trying to fill with something mm-hmm. that's feminine because she's just been so absent. Yeah. And I do have yeah. a stepmom, but like at the end of the day, a stepmom's never really gonna gonna replace your mom. Like No. There's just always that, you know, that piece that's missing. No, that's and, major stuff. That's major stuff. Let me ask you this. When when did your parents get divorced? How old were you? Um I think I was like two. I don't remember it. It's just, it's all I've ever known. Okay. So and like, yeah, go ahead. Like I was, you know, like I, I've t- I talked to my mom, you know, two or three times a year and I, I do love her and, you know, I want her to be a part of my life, but she's not. And at some point you just got to be like, all right, I'm going to quit reaching out because yeah. you don't want to reach out. Like you don't put any effort in and like, you got to remember, like you can check on people all you want. But you got to remember at the end of the day, if they cared, they'd reach out too. 
Right. So and and what comes like, after right. that? Right. You could at th- at that point you could logically say all that, but what 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 does that tell you? That tells you like, oh, you know, that tells you a lot of bad things that go into your subconscious. You know what I mean? Like that I'm not good enough, that I don't deserve this, you know, all that stuff could be, you know, playing around. Like let me ask you this. When you were younger, so your parents get divorced when you're two. Did you live with your father or did you grow up with your mom? Um, I It was like week on week off for like a while. Um, but like my mom, she likes to drink. Um, so my dad definitely, you know, pushed for full custody. I have, you know, a couple siblings and she just was just not there and she didn't you know she's got a a problem i guess and um you just gotta like learn how to deal with that but my dad like pushed for full custody and then we eventually ended up with um, him full time and i'm sure there's like something in her life where she like resents him and she's embarrassed kind of bitter so it's not like i i can totally blame her for all her problems but at the same time like you know She's not around, so you just kind of get a. When did you get? When did he get full custody? How old were you? Do you remember? Mm, I was probably like ten or twelve. Right. Terrible at timelines, but. No, it's um, hard to remember back when you were really little. Yeah, you were still really young. No, I was just seeing if whether there was a tie-in to you know, that time of your life when you started to put those clothes on and feel nice. I mean, I really loved, I had a guy on who talked about a diaper fetish, Dylan, you know, and I think some people don't tune in because they're like diaper fetish. I don't want to fucking hear that. But it was such a great episode because he talked about how uh, he knew exactly why he liked those diapers because his parents got divorced around when he was like three years old and it was like right around the time. And he was always in diapers through his whole like he was wearing diapers when his parents were married and he took them off and they got divorced. So he just, the only time he ever felt, and it really rocked his world, that divorce, you know, even at that young age, he lost all his sense of security. So when he put diapers back on one day by accident, he felt this sense of security that he had in those beginning years when his parents were still married. And it was so interesting because of course that's going to be the case, right? He could absolutely tie it back to that time. And it was just fascinating. And stuff like that happens. You know, when you're really young and these things are going on, they really affect you. And sometimes you're not even consciously aware. I mean, he could really put it together, you know, but sometimes it's subconscious, you know. Um, So for you, you have a mother that just has her own issues that she can't it's her it's her own problem of why she can't connect with you nothing to do with you um but that's gonna affect relationships with women more than your fetish okay (laughs) that you know and and like yeah i totally agree with that Mm -hmm. and like i said like i'm not like i'm not a professional like i i don't know if me neither how it feels correct (laughs) yeah like maybe that's it maybe it's not maybe i just really like you know panties and bras and you know women's clothing and like to collect it i don't know but but it could be i I think it definitely could be i think it's really interesting do you see do you have a therapist in your life at all no i don't i you know 
you I, should... I guess it was raised in that household where you just, you know, I don't know. You necessarily just don't talk about that stuff or. Yeah, know, but, just... you know, what kind of that's but that exact kind of household is the one that needs it the most. OK, like let's I, <laughs> I was raised by the same kind of parents, like throw it under the in my generation, like all our parents did was just like everything goes under the uh, what is that saying? You know, put brush it underneath the rug. You know, <laughs> everything is it's just like denial. That whole my parents generation, all they did was like live in denial, you know, so no one really wanted to face anything. And it, a therapy was like, oh, my God. But I got into therapy when I was younger and I loved it. And I think it's really great people are more open-minded now but the stuff that you've been through and like I said I'm not even just your fetish but that just you know is on top of everything else you should be talking to somebody it can't hurt it will only help you really need it you don't want to what happens is we are we are told stories when we are very young and we and then we continue to tell those stories you know and a lot of times those are stories that are put on you you know your mother told you a story, not because of who you are, but because of who she is. But you took that story in, in a very different way. We do that as children. We can't help it, you know. So you probably have a very negative, not self-serving story subconsciously going on in your life that is going to, you know, maybe make it difficult for you to believe that there's any woman out there that will accept you because of what happened with your mom. And, you know, once you start talking about those things in therapy, maybe you will be able to connect your bra and panty fetish with the stuff that happened with your mother. But will it ever go away? Probably not. Is that the reason, you know, finding it out? No. I mean, what you then have to do is uh, just maybe it will help if you could make those connections, you accept it more. I don't know. But I do think if you dealt with the mom things and then talked about your fetish, you you could get a little bit clearer, like I said, on how you feel about your fetish and your relationship to it, as well as how you feel about yourself. No, and I totally hear that. And, you know, I, I guess I'd like just to, to add, like, I've, I've enjoyed listening to your episodes mm-hmm. and it's something that I wanted to do and it's not something that I'm necessarily very open about, but you know, I'm not super comfortable like sitting down one-on-one face-to-face with somebody and having this conversation, but yeah. maybe like that phone conversation yeah, um, and being able to kind of open up, maybe that's a good jumping off point, but I really do appreciate your podcast and you know, letting people open up and letting people have conversations about it because I think it's healthy and maybe it's a good jumping off point and maybe people can kind of open up and go, okay, you know, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like I was nervous getting on the phone call. Like, yeah, I know listen, a lot of people are nervous getting on the phone call. Yeah. Wait until you hear this episode in the beginning, you're going to notice a change in how you're talking to. And I notice this all the time with people because I've talked to like 500 people at this point, if not more, you know, because I've been doing my show for so long. But in the beginning, you started off, you, there was a lot of some pauses in between, you know, you were talking slower, you were saying, um, in between a lot, you know, it always starts off w- w- like that with people because they're nervous, you know, and it always, and then you get so involved in the conversation, you you forget about your nerves and you're comfortable and you're like a totally different person talking at the end of it, you know, and, and, but that will happen with a therapist too. And nowadays, like with better help, I don't know if you could still use my code, but everyone has a code for better help, like better help. And there's a lot of therapists out there now that do even phone calls, like with better help, you could even do it kind of anonymously in that you don't have to be looking at the person. You could just talk, you know, 
Um, but I think that I know that when I used to go to therapy, I loved going to see my therapist and actually talk to her that when we would have like a phone session here and there, cause she wasn't available. This was before COVID. I didn't feel like I got as much out of it, but if you do feel more comfortable doing that nowadays, you could do therapy as anonymous as you're doing this, you know, you, they're going to need your name and your credit card and all that shit. But you know, you don't have to be looking at them talking about that stuff. So if that's like your beef with that. I think everybody could use a therapist. I love this episode for my Fetish Fridays episode because I think so many people with a fetish have issues like this, you know, and find my show because of this. I mean, you're not, it's not uncommon. I think you're dealing with two things because I think you have that mom thing going on, and but it also affects your fetish, you know. Um, but I think it's, it's, Either way, if you don't feel right about some part of yourself, whatever that is, or fully okay with it, or there is confliction, you know, it's always good to maybe find someone to talk to about it so that you could get clearer. Because I do believe whatever you put out comes back, you know, however you feel about yourself is what you attract. We could smell people from a mile away, okay? Like attracts like. It's 100% the way it goes. I had a thing for narcissists. I don't care where I was, no matter what I'm doing, I will always have a fucking narcissist, asshole, douchebag that doesn't think that anything that comes out of my mouth is valid because (laughs) that's how I was raised. I could smell, like they're always just coming into my life. Like, is that a coincidence? No, it's what I'm attracting because of like my own shit, you know? We all have that stuff regardless, you know, we're all human beings. We were all we all had, you know, human being parents that were flawed. Your mother's flawed in her own life, more maybe more so than somebody else's. She has her own stuff to deal with. You, uh, you it seem like you're clear on that, you know, when you're at least understand, you know, like I have to like let go of that. But I think that sometimes those things do affect you even more than you could understand. And it's always good to get talking to somebody because you can retrain yourself and you can get... And it will help to see if maybe there is a connection and you could get clearer on your bra and panty fetish. And then because like, listen, you're dating a girl and you tell her like, I have this and and you 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 understand it more yourself. I feel like it, it'll be easier for you to explain it to somebody else too, you know, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no. And I could, you know, like to circle back, like I, I don't think necessarily that like I, I have... Like, I, I try to do a lot of self-reflection. Yeah. And I, I was going to say earlier, like, you said, like, wait till you listen to the podcast. And, like, I don't necessarily think that I have, like, the best self-confidence. Uh-huh. And I don't know if that has to do with the fetish and just kind of knowing that, not necessarily that I'm different, but I yeah. have my thing. And it's probably not quite, or it's probably a little more extreme than other people's thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely kind of affects the self-confidence there. But at the same time... I have, you know, like to think that I figured out who I am and what I like. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily affecting my life in a negative way. Sometimes I'm like, oh, geez, like, you know, if somebody like knew in my life, they'd probably have a different, you know, thought on it than I do. But, uh, you know, like, I think I've come to terms with what I like and what I do and that's uh, great you know it really only affects the relationship side of things Uh and that's because you know it's more finding somebody who's open to it 
it's totally. not necessarily that I haven't, you know, come and come to terms with who I am and what I like, but you know, you got to find somebody who's like, Oh yeah, fuck it. Let's roll with it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I know like my ex tried, um, but that was kind of to no avail. Like it just didn't really work out and it didn't click. And like I said, it wasn't necessarily because like, it wasn't specifically that reason. There was other reasons, but that definitely, in my opinion, had a part to play in it. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, I think that it's, you're at that place where you're ready for a relationship. It sounds like. So it's just a matter of waiting for that right person to come along. Like you said, it's like, the unicorn. I mean, if it was so easy to find someone where all the stars aligned, we would never hang our hat with anybody. You know, the reason why we do hang our hat with that one person is because it's rare, you know, that feeling you get when you meet that right person. And it, it like, because it doesn't happen that much, when it does, you're like, oh, I got to latch. I want to be with this person. And I do believe that women are like you in that, at least as a woman, I feel like, you know, if you find a guy you know, here you are, a 31-year-old guy that's like looking for a relationship, wants to settle down. You sound like you have a good head on your shoulders. I mean, like, you know, a girl would be lucky to find that. A lot of guys at your age don't want a fucking real a relationship. They want to be out there having fun. They're not looking to have kids or get married, At you know. So I feel like for the right girl, you're like a really good catch. And if all those other things are great about you... A lot of girls would say, okay, I'll take this because every I, I got everything else and he does make me feel like all, you know, good inside, you know, and it's the same thing for the girl. Like it's hard to find that right person. You're going to be somebody's unicorn, you know, and, I, and, and yeah. No, I was going to say like, and maybe, you know, like, you know, when life gives you lemon. Mm-hmm. like lemons turn into lemonade yeah maybe i'm lucky because i do have this thing that is not you know necessarily normal yeah but you know like i feel like when you're young try to like get into a relationship and i was young when i got married yeah but like you're trying to find that right person and it's really hard to find the person that you're meant to be with yeah but maybe if you have something that's kind of like really specific that i have and they can look past it and they know like hey I love this person for who they are. Like I really truly do. I can look past this. Maybe I can find that person that I'm really meant to be with instead of, you know, trying to like, you know, pretend or put on this show or what have you. So maybe, you know, I can find my person just based on like, I like maybe internally I'll know that this is the right person because they're willing to accept me for who I am. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. And I believe that the part of you that is, you know, looking, it'll be very healing for you as well for what happened to you when you were younger, you know, because you didn't feel like you got that from your mother, you know, in a way for a woman. Because I do believe that in relationships, we do mend the issues that we had with our parents, we can't go back and do it with them. But what we do is we do it with people moving forward. And the best thing that people do for us when they come into our life is they heal us. The right relationship can be very healing for you. So when you do meet that right person and she does accept you for exactly who you are, just like you said, that will be really healing for you even more than just for your fetish, but also because of what you went through. And that's probably why you're so young, but still, but have that desire at a young point 
age, you know, because of that, you know, you want that family, you want that girl in your life because you didn't have that security when you're younger. So that, that makes, that's like, even though it's bad, like you say, it's like a good thing about you and it makes you a, a good catch for a girl that comes into your life. You know, my son is like, I'm a single mom. My son doesn't have a dad. And I feel like he always talks about having babies and kids of his own and being a dad. And I do believe, yeah, that's a bad, like some people be like, oh, poor kid, he doesn't have a dad. But the way I look at it, because I like to look at cup half full is like, I think he's going to be a better dad. He's probably going to want to have kids younger because he didn't have that in his life. So that will be a positive thing. You know what I mean? Like as far as like what kind of dad he will be. So a lot of times the flip side of something can be positive and it's good that you look at it that way that you you know when you really put it out there and someone really accepts you it's a way of weeding out that person that's not going to really love you for who you are that's you know kind of maybe that's my blessing in disguise mm-hmm. like uh, that i i can't have a different perspective yeah but i uh, love that that's a great I, way to know, frame it absolutely and i don't know if you'd like to transition but we can talk uh, about yes we need to yes we have 10 minutes let's talk i feel bad but i do believe that this is a great all of this stuff is great for fetish people to hear don't you feel that way like if you're like because you've listened to my podcast episodes right oh yeah a bunch of them yeah and, and i'm kind of pixie choosy because you know i do like things i like so yeah. I'm like, oh you know this one looks really interesting yeah of course but I feel like a lot of fat people that listen to this will hear this. It's helpful because I do think more people with this kind of fetish than not do have like insecurities about it. So it's good that we went off the tangent and had it like a therapy session. But anyway, let's get back to your fetish. Yes. So like, obviously it's brown panty fetish and I, and I like, you know, women's clothing and, you know, kind of everything that has to deal with that. But yeah, I do. And I don't, you know. I feel like, and I've never heard something on your podcast that, you know, pertain to this, but I have like over 260 pairs of panties and like probably 30 bras. I know there's like probably 25, you know, wire bras. And then like, I got some bralettes and some sports bras and this and that, but it's like 30 or probably over 30. Now, do you live alone? Uh, yeah, currently I do. All right. So you just have those, like, I mean, do you have them hidden? Like, I always like to know where people hide their stash of stuff like this. Oh, hell yeah, I do. Like, oh, <laughs> I just have it sitting yeah. out, but yeah. Where is it? Where's all your, where's um, that huge collection? I have a storage unit and I have a wow. box that I can lock away and, you know, hide it and, you know, like it, it kind of. It definitely like there's I go through periods in my life where I want to bring them out more uh-huh. versus not. Um, you know, sometimes I'm perfectly fine with not, you know, having them and wearing them and being around them versus like sometimes I just not necessarily. I, it's not that I don't like it, but it's just like I don't need it at yeah. that point in time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but but I I definitely have like a pretty. Extensive. What I would assume is a pretty solid collection. <laughs> yes. But is there anything that you prefer in that collection, like your favorite color, your favorite style? Do you wear like G-strings or do you like like panties more so? Like, Oh, thongs 100%. Thongs for sure. But I do wear them too and they're really comfy. Like thongs, like in my opinion, are more comfortable than uh-huh. kind of anything else. Uh-huh. 
Um, but you know, that's just kind of my, and I tend, obviously you like something as feminine as women's underwear. Like I personally like lacy pink, you know, like, like black's never bad, but like some like gray ass pair of panties is not as fun as something that's like super pink and has a bunch of fun prints on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh huh. And where have you bought all this stuff? Do you like have the balls to go into stores and buy it or do you buy it on Amazon like or online? I, I've, I've bought some, um, like I, I've bought bought in things in person, not necessarily ever panties. Um, I definitely have bought some on Amazon. I've gotten some from family members, like a, a step cousin of mine. Um, but like, I know you've had episodes in the past where like people like to spy on people and kind of invade their privacy and this and that, but that's never really been my style. Uh huh. I like, I like can appreciate that. I like the idea of it more than I like the actual act of it. Right. Mm -hmm. I personally would never like raid through somebody's like, okay, well, it's like I've taken sisters panties and like some family members. Um, but like, I've never been to the guy to go to like an apartment complex when I live in an apartment and like see a dryer that's running and open it up and start like raiding panties. Yeah. I don't agree with that. I mean, I think that no, that's good I, that I you don't. don't. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think that and that's like, like I, a like, boundary issue problem. You know, a lot of times when people tell me they did stuff like that when they're very young, you know. Um, but when you're older and you're doing stuff like that, yeah, you know, that's a problem, I think. So you don't steal no, like I, that way. Yeah, no, and, and like I agree. It is, a, it is like a boundary issue. Yeah. I've just never personally been comfortable with it. Like I said, I, I, I respect the idea of it in general, like. I'm not condoning it. I get why people do it, but like personally, I can never bring myself to do it because there's, I do set those boundaries and I do like, I'm just not comfortable with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I respect that. Mm -hmm. Like the caveat to that is that I was living in an apartment and I did go down to the community, you know, laundry center and my, I suppose you can call it a loophole is that there's a lost and found box and that there's a lot of panties to be had in there. Like they get, <laughs> you know, stuck in the dryer or forgot or stuck in the washer and they end up in that box. And it's not like I, I seek, like I, I didn't necessarily seek those out and I wasn't like stealing from somebody, but I, I don't know if that makes it any better, but that was kind of like, Hey, just checking lost and found there happens to be a pair in there. I might grab those. You know what I mean? I, and you know, I'd totally. like to get your opinion, but maybe that's, no, I, I would. That's necessarily better, but I see the difference. I see a very big difference, and my morals and values are a lot more aligned with you. And I, I understand that. Like I could see why you create that loophole you know you see it there it doesn't really belong to somebody you know it's not like you're intentionally seeking it out yeah it's kind of like oh they're here maybe they get picked up maybe uh-huh. they don't uh-huh. but like to go and invade somebody's like laundry and root through it and like i said like i've i've done it with you know sister and i've done it with family members which 
you know, I have my own things to deal with with that. Um, but, you know, I'm not justifying that behavior by any means. Yeah. But I guess maybe where I try to make up for it is the fact that I, you know, I'm I'm not really willing to go do that with a stranger or like, I just think there's a lot of trouble that comes with trying to do that kind of stuff. And that's not something that I'm comfortable with or willing to take the risk for. No, so and nor should like you because you'll good, probably get caught. Outlet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like people do. And that's part of it. And part of it is not willing, you know, to like be that kind of person where I do, you know, totally invade somebody's privacy because like my thing is my thing. It should be my thing, my thing alone. And I don't think somebody else should be subjected to it. Like, what happens behind closed doors should stay behind closed doors. Totally. And, like, if you get in a relationship that's different, like, you can open up and things like that. But I don't feel like trying to affect somebody else or cause harm on somebody else by, like, because I, I would imagine I'm not I'm not a woman. I'm, you know, like, I, I don't have a woman's perspective. But I feel like if you found out that you were taking your stuff at your apartment down to the washroom, and that somebody was rooting through your stuff and stealing your underwear, that would be, like, terrifying. Like, I would not want to go back down there, I would imagine. Yeah. No, that's a totally different thing. And I think, you know, it's important to make that distinction because I think sometimes that's what, you know, talking about the box that people put people in. I think sometimes somebody thinks that, oh, these people that have these fetishes, that's what anyone with that would do. Like they're perverts, you know, they're boundary pushers. They're like, you know, and that's not the case. You know, most people that I talk to don't do that. They do that like when they're very young, you know. Um, but, you know, just because you have a fetish, it doesn't mean that you don't have proper boundaries that you don't have your morals intact and in place in the right way and you know and I think that that's uh important to like I said bring up because I would say probably the majority of people are like you but yet people would probably think oh that's you know that's not the case no and I'd like to think that the majority I mean I'm not like an exemplar by any means like I don't hold myself on a pedestal like I'm some sort of you know moral high ground but I would like to think that people are more, you know, just respectful of other people's privacy because I like my privacy. Obviously, I got some skeletons in the closet, but I like the fact, you know, or I, I appreciate the fact about myself that I'm willing to have that self-control and I can, you know, not let it get, you know, carried away. But like when I do see a pair of panties or like, you know, I walk through the, you know, the store and you see that whole women's section, there's definitely a part of me that kind of you know, sparks, you get those, you know, fires up and you're like, oh man, like you're thinking about like, oh, I like that pair, I like this pair, I like that bra, I like this bra, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. But I do respect those boundaries and I, you know, I always will because I, I don't want to, like, I've kind of set that standard for myself. Like I, I don't want to hurt anybody else with it. I want it to be my thing. And I just like, I think it should be my thing and my thing alone. But like I said, you find a relationship, something that works and she's willing to be open to that. That becomes your life, something that's yours and somebody that is with you, that's chose to be with you, that kind of then turns into their thing or not, but is willing to accept it. Yeah. My last quick question to you is when you're dressed up, 
and wearing your girly stuff and you're like turned on. Have you ever had any desire when you're in that state to be with a man to make you feel more feminine or do you have no attraction to a man even at that time? Absolutely, I do. And right. I have been, so. <laughs> right, okay. And so yeah. now, is that confusing to you or is like, you know, like say your girl said, oh my God, does this mean that you're, Gay, gee, are you bisexual? Are you into guys? I mean, have you ever fooled around with guys? I I have, yeah, and I wouldn't say it's necessarily confusing. Mm-hmm. I may not love the fact that I do it sometimes. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, like when you're super horny turned on, like like, you know, we have two heads but only enough blood to work one at a time. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, it's definitely something takes over in you that animalistic side where you know you do just want to get off and there's a certain attraction but yeah absolutely there's been um you know attraction to males and it's i would consider myself by i mean i've struggled with that for a long time um but there's no reason to lie about it Uh especially something where it is kind of anonymous and you don't like like what's the point of just straight up lying about it to yourself and you know like yeah absolutely uh, yeah you know that about and there is yourself. that part mm-hmm. yeah and there is that part of you that that i mean for somebody especially man to slide on like a pair of stockings a dress you know a garter belt a bra all matches and a pair of heels and then to be with a guy and you're going to sit there and tell me that you don't feel feminine when you do it. I'm going to call bullshit. Absolutely. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to believe it because you know, I've been there. Like I'm like, I, I get it. Let me ask you this. Do you feel that you, if you're bisexual and you, do you feel like you could date a guy and be in a relationship with a man? I mean, I, I like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I have, um, you know, I don't know if I'm in that point of my life and the people that are in my life. Yeah, like your really re- religious father, <laughs> just put it out there. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, and it's like I don't like, and, and there's a lot better people than me who are willing to just accept who they are, and and like I, I have accepted things of my of like about me and the things that I like to a point, um, but. I don't necessarily think I'm ready to like do that. And I'm not saying that I couldn't and I like the idea of it. Uh-huh. And I'm like talking to a guy right now that I'm interested in, but like that would affect my life in a big way. And yeah, I of course. just don't know if I'm ready for it. Uh-huh. Well, th- th- you know, with that said too, and I'm going to wrap it up now, but like, you know, and I would really love to see where you're at at the end of the year. I mean, you might wind up meeting a guy and you just have such strong feelings for him that eventually it does become like, okay, you know what? I am willing to do that. And you just never know. It'll be interesting to see where your story goes. But even more so the fact that you have this, these feelings too, and these desires and you have this conflict because of, you know, the people around you and your friends, like even more of a reason, just find yourself somebody to talk to. It'll really help you stay in touch because like talking to me and what you're talking about and all this talk is just like is so good to do and you know it just helps stay 
clear. All I do believe that you're clear on who you are for sure. I mean, you haven't had one problem telling me anything about you. So it's just important to stay in touch with that and keep talking about it. So you remain open and you allow whatever's supposed to happen to happen in the best way for yourself. And because you have these different things going on, I think you should get yourself a therapist and keep, keep, keep talking, you know, and yeah, um, it'll help. I, I was going to say, I'm not, I'm not totally against that. Absolutely. And I, I definitely appreciate your perspective on it. And obviously you've, you know, had enough people you've talked to about enough stuff. Like you have, you do have a good healthy, you know, understanding of it. And I think it is a good perspective. I'd also like to throw in there that with, you know, being attractive guys or this and that, um, like, I want a more healthy, more normal relationship. And a lot of times guys that are interested in guys don't necessarily want a guy that's into feminine stuff because a majority of them that are kind of, of course they want a guy like there's, yeah, they want yeah, yeah. not necessarily un, you know, not normal, but there's not a lot of guys that are attracted to men that yeah. are like, Oh yeah, I totally want a guy. I'm interested in guys to dress yeah. up like a woman for sure. Of course, that's why you need to talk. But I will say that if, you know, you're open to dating a man or a woman, your pool of people you're, you know, that you could, that it it has more fish in there if you include the guys that are willing to accept it. I know that it's still a less, less of the population of guys, you know, gay men or bisexual guys that would date a guy. Yeah, you're, it's going to be less than that. It's got to be a bisexual guy that's into a guy who likes to be feminine sometimes, you know, that's, but it still adds to your pool of people. Do you know what I mean? It's still going to be a little bit more people out there that you could potentially meet that could potentially accept you for who you are and you could potentially fall in love with than if it was just you were only open to women that way, you know? But if you found a woman that it was open to, you know, you being that way and being open, maybe being able to be with guys. I mean, you've heard all the kinds of stories on my show. I mean, there's so many things that could happen for you and you can wind up in all kinds of scenarios. And I'm curious of where, like I said, you will be at the end of this year. So you have to keep me posted. Who will you be dating? You know, (laughs) will it be a woman, a man with this guy that you're talking to now that you kind of like, like, like I said, you might wind up really falling in love with a guy. And if he accepts you for you and that's the right person, you might decide to tell your family like this, it might become that time for you. Who knows? It'll be pretty interesting to see what happens. You're super young. Uh, So keep me posted and let me know. I I will. And I, you know, I, I'd like to throw it in there is that I had a friend of mine, a good friend of mine who didn't come out until he was like late thirties. Uh huh. Um, that like, I don't think anybody really expected or, you know, even had a thought about him being gay and he's not bi, he's gay. Yeah. And like one day he just said, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. This is me. His parents are, you know, still around. They were accepting his best friend when he told him was like, so. I like I don't care. Exactly. You're still you're still the exact same person that I know. And like like it was kinda like the same story with his brother, like when they like he was all nervous and he showed up to his house and he's like, I need to talk to you about something and he told his brother and he's like, 
okay, yeah, like, what are you doing for dinner? And he's like, wait, that's it? And he's like, yeah, like, I'm, dude, I don't care. You're my brother, I love you. Like, doesn't exactly. affect who you are. At the end of the day, I'm just going to tell you this. Your father might be different because it's your father and he's got his religious things and whatever. But at the end of the day, most people give a shit about themselves. Do you ever spend all of your day thinking about anybody other than yourself? No. And everyone's like you. We all will think about something no matter how crazy it is for like, I don't know, how much can your attention go to somebody else? Five, 10 minutes? The rest of the time, we're all thinking about ourselves and our own lives and what's going on with us. And that's how it is. And I think we all get really caught up in our head thinking that somebody else is going to spend their whole day thinking about the fact that, you know, you like dudes and they're going to think about it for 10 minutes, even if they're shocked. And then you know what they're going to do? They're going to go back to thinking about themselves. That's what you do. That's what everybody else does. That's what I do. That's just the way people are. So, you know, like I said, it'll be a little bit more complicated with your family because that's, there's other dynamics going on there and your dad might you know, that's a harder pill for him to swallow. And he might be thinking about you more, you know, that's a parent to a child relationship is different. But everybody else will think about it for 10 minutes and go on with their life. So let your freak flag fly. Let me know when you do it. And keep me posted and stay tuned to here for your episode because it'll be out very soon on a Friday. I do them every other Friday. All right. Thank you so much. for. Thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Cody. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.